Hello, all, and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And the Strategic Whimsy Experiment is a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about the films that shape our lives. And today, we are going to be discussing the event that happens once a year. It's a big deal for the film industry. We are going to be reacting to the Oscars ceremony year 2021. All right. Where do we even be? <laughs> I mean, I think the obvious one is um, the last category of the night. <laughs> yes, indeed. The, the plot twist that no one saw coming. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, and so, you know, as the results are pouring in, I was like, wow, the Academy is doing better than I thought they were going yep. to do. This is most excellent. I'm proud of them. <laughs> is this going to be an episode of us actually saying good things about the Academy and good things about the Oscars? What is this? And then... <laughs> And then they had one job, one freaking job to do. One job. Give Chadwick the damn Oscar that he so <laughs> rightly deserves. And they screwed it up. They fumbled the ball on the one yard line. And I'm very upset about it. Which they also left this category to be the very last. They typically mm -hmm. do Best Picture as the last finale ending of the night, and they specifically reordered it this year for Best Actor to be last. I think that Steven Soderbergh, who organized the Oscars this year, was just like the rest of us, thinking that the Academy, of course, would give this Oscar to Chadwick. And that envelope opened, and that was not the case. And by then... They've already kind of built up this hype. Like the minute that Best Actor, or sorry, Best Picture was being announced, I was like, oh, they're going to do a really beautiful tribute at the end. They're yeah. going to honor Chadwick in this final ending of the night. And then we got to like, oh, it goes to Anthony Hopkins. Okay, good night, everyone. Bye. All right. Uh, retreat. <laughs> like it was, it was such an anticlimactic ending. And Anthony Hopkins wasn't even there to even accept it, <laughs> which like if he was there in person, he could have talked about Chadwick and honored yeah. him that way. And it ended up just being this really rushed, really like WTF ending. <laughs> which I mean, Bizarre. 2020 was like the WTF year and like 2021 is like winning. WTF junior. So <laughs> it's on brand, but still the Academy had one job. Like, like yeah. I, I just, I don't understand I don't how Anthony either. Hopkins was the choice. Like the father was good. He was good in the father, but I didn't have like a visceral reaction to his performance the way that I did to Chadwick's performance of Levy. Yeah. Like, Chadwick, not only, like, yes, I get it. Like, it's his last film that he will ever be in. So give him the Oscar for it. But also, he rightly deserved it for that performance. Mm -hmm. Like, the Oscars got it so wrong in that category. And it's arguably the one that mattered the most. And they screwed it up. Yeah. This, you know, this is just the real life parallel to 
pieces of a woman. Everything <laughs> else about that movie was great. It was so on point. It was nuanced. It was subtle. You're just like, yes, this is a great film. And then the last five minutes, Ooh, you're yeah. just like, it, it's it's to the point where like it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I, I don't get it. Because the rest of the categories, like you mentioned earlier, they're really nailed. There are a couple of um, uh, ones that I, I, I predicted wrong. And even so, when we were discussing those categories, it was like, it was either going to be the film, this one, or it was going to be the other one. And they chose the other one. So it was, even though there were some surprises, there weren't like any huge surprises until the very last category, which it just is incongruent. Like this doesn't make sense together as one voting body. Yes. Yep. That That is a good way to put it. Yeah. And it, it almost feels like it's so outrageous. Like, I feel like we went back in time and we're on an episode of Punked. Like, yeah. Ashton Kutcher needed to, like, jump out and say, like, just kidding, y'all. Like, we actually did the right thing. <laughs> just a La La Land Moonlight moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Even exactly. though, But actually, both those films were like very good and very worthy of winning. Mm-hmm. And um, it's different because it wasn't like, oh, Moonlight was the shoe-in, duh. And then La La Land. This one was like Chadwick. Every, every prediction on the internet mm-hmm. was like, Chadwick is going to win this category. That's yeah. just in the bag. No discussion. Move on to the rest of the more interesting ones. Man. I, I just. There's got to be you... something fishy yeah. going on. Yes. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's so wrong. Like, you you couldn't get more wrong in this yeah. world of the Oscars. Like, th- there was only one right choice. It's like they were writing a movie. Like, it's like they were writing a movie and they were like, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to do a fake out ending. <laughs> they needed a plot twist at the they... very end. Yeah. Uh, no. Inappropriate. Chadwick should have won. Very upset. And like there wasn't even time or a moment to even give him the space and and the proper tribute that he deserved as well. Um I, I appreciated that they had him last and they in the me- memoriam montage that they always do every year. They had Sean Connery second to last and they had Chadwick last and they really like stayed on their photos and those those images for longer than the others. The others they kind of went through more quickly. So, okay, you got that right. But how did you land that well and not this category? <sighs> yeah, it just it, – yeah. just it, They just keep us on our toes, man. Yeah, but like not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to keep me on my toes in the best way possible. And this is just like me going, year. how are you yeah. going to screw this up? Yeah. And they screwed it up. Like, I feel like a lot of the other categories, like, they could have made the wrong choice in and it would have been like, well, it's fine. But this is like, mm-hmm. this, this is, is not like really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what went wonky. I want to figure it out, though. This feels like a mm-hmm. puzzle. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if like if there's going to be like reporting on this and like people mm-hmm. trying to like dig in and figure out what happened because I mean everyone agreed yeah. it was Chadwick. There was yeah. no other option even 
guessed. Nothing was even floated of somebody else could win. And for it to be like probably the weakest of the nominated performances in that category chosen, Mm -hmm. like it's still a great performance, but it's definitely not the best. Yeah. I know. I, I don't even know who the other nominees are because I just saw Chadwick and I was like, well, that's the one. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, that, I don't – I have no words. I have no words. My jaw literally dropped <laughs> to the floor. It Like, mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Yeah. I, it just it, – it felt like they were trying to punk us and – Nobody came out to set it straight. Yeah. I I think that the decision to put that category last was uh, was interesting because mm-hmm. it, it really kind of insinuated this uh, mentality that like like everyone else in the world, uh, that Chadwick would win. Like Steven Soderbergh, I'm sure, was like, oh yeah. Chadwick's gonna win this category. Should he still switch the order? Eh, maybe not. Like it's kind of a it's a gamble. And if it doesn't work out the way that everyone is expecting, you get what we got last night. Um, but it really sets it up and it it builds this expectation for what we all expected, and and it didn't play out. And that just feels like an even bigger uh, drop in in our expectations and in emotions and all those things. So. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think rewarding the categories. I don't think you should, I don't think it's a good idea. It's not a great strategy. You got to be really confident. Apparently, you can never be confident with the academy. This is what we've learned. Like <laughs> our our trust issues, or maybe my trust issues with the yep. academy, are well placed. Yep. I just didn't believe that they were going to be this wrong. Yep. Um, any other category. Any other category. It would have been like, oh, yeah, the, it's just the Academy being the Academy. But, like, this is a significant screw-up. Yeah. Like, and and there's been so much controversy in, in the past surrounding the Oscars. And it just feels like yet another slap in the face of this brilliant Black performer yeah. who gave a phenomenal performance lost to an old white guy. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just Academy. Do you not remember Oscar So White? Because like you did it again, and yeah. I know it's it's one category. And like this year, the the winners and the nominees are much more diverse than they have been, and that's great. And I celebrate that. That's wonderful. But like, you really screwed it up in this category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I believe that there there is is progress in some of the other categories, but the, some of these big big categories, mm-hmm. you know, the best actor, best actress, best director, and best picture, um, they just, they aren't seeing the same level of progress. They they feel like we are still trying to um, continue to keep the same people winning these major categories and like, oh, okay, we'll toss you some of the other smaller categories, which just, you know, like, okay, we're making progress, but that this needs to happen a little faster because this is this is not not great at all. Yeah, yeah, and I think especially because Chadwick was such an an icon and just an yeah. incredible human being. In addition to being such a phenomenal actor, like 
it, it just, it feels like a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, I think the Academy is going to come to really, really regret that particular decision. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And it, it, and he gives such an incredible performance in Mari's Black Bottom. It's not like it was like yeah. okay, he was he was an icon for the industry and prolific, but this was a mediocre, you know, performance. It was one of his most raw and visceral performances that we've we we gushed about on our our last episode and our Ma Rainey's episode. Like it was just a full uh, display of his heart and his his. Um, love for film but also him really wanting to communicate a lot about with his legacy and just this this message that he's had in so many of his other uh very intentional choices in the roles that he plays and man for it to not go the way that we all thought was just just rough and anthony hopkins had already won an oscar yeah and yeah. so it wasn't even like like a Glenn Close situation of like, oh, we'll give it to you for a crappy performance, even though Anthony Hopkins was very good in The Father. Like, you know, it wasn't a you deserve it. It's time win. Mm-hmm. So I just I I cannot logic my way nope. to this answer. Like there, nope. there's no route that I take gets me to Anthony Hopkins winning best actor. It's. No, it's the wrong answer. Yeah. This is why I, I there's there's got to be something funky mm-hmm. that yeah, needs to be gotta, uncovered. We have to do some invest investigation. We're going to yeah. we're going to figure this out. Because the rest of the categories, I mean, honestly, followed the script that generally we all thought it would. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like there were no major surprises. There weren't any like funky choices mixed in with some really great choices. It was across the board, incredibly solid for the Academy. And so it just doesn't add up. I'm convinced there's something (laughs) funky. They saved all of their wrong choices for this category. (laughs) This is the... This is going to be the Netflix, like, three-part documentary series that we get 20 <laughs> years from now. Right. You know? Like, it- <laughs> the stolen Oscar. Yeah. Seriously. Like, uncovering all the rigging or, I don't know, funkiness that goes on. Yeah. Who robbed Chadwick Boseman? <laughs> this is a robbery. Isn't that the new, one of the new Netflix uh-huh. documentaries? Yeah. yeah. This will be season two. Yeah, exactly. This is a robbery. Oscars edition. Oscars edition. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm sure we could rant for an entire episode. Indeed, about we this could one because category. I'm quite upset. But we should probably move on. Yes, indeed. Uh, can we talk about Mank winning best <gasps> cinematography? Mank. Yes. Yeah, uh. that was great. That was one that I didn't expect. Uh, but it was one that, you know, is is so well-deserved. And I'm sure if I were to re-watch that film, I would appreciate it far more uh, than I did when I was choosing my picks for this category. <laughs> because, I mean, Nomadland was just so impactful um, and so so uh, invigorating to, to ponder and to think about. I spent so much time thinking about that film. 
Um, and so inevitably you, you think about as well, like all of the pieces that went into creating this atmosphere and whatnot. But if I really think back to it, like Mank has some really interesting, uh, choices and, and moments in its cinematography. I just, it's, it's been so long and I haven't watched that film in, in forever and, and also didn't resonate incredibly with me. So, you know, like if I think about it intellectually, I'm glad Mank won for best cinematography. I'm sure they put in so much time and effort and attention to detail for that film. So it's great to see it recognized. Yeah, gotta gotta respect, you know, the walk-in talks. Those are just <laughs> they're solid. But yeah. yeah, it I I would like for you to watch Mank again because I yep. just want to talk about it some more because I still <laughs> I still think about it, even though we watched it what feels like a million years ago. I absolutely loved that movie and there's mm. so much that's so brilliant about it. Um, I, yeah. I still, my favorite part where Gary Oldman and Charles Dance are walking down that hallway <laughs> is that just scene. excellent. It's so brilliant. <laughs> uh, I just, yes, please watch Mank again because I'm ready to talk about it some more because mm-hmm. it's it's such a, a a perfectly pieced together film and you can just feel you know, yeah. every scene is intentional. Every camera movement is so intentional. Like it's just made with such precision yeah. and it's, it's a feast for the eyes. Yeah. And one that you can enjoy fully in one sitting. You got to just keep coming back. I really feel mm-hmm. like there's so many layers to that film. Um, it's not like a, a big crowd pleaser, incredibly flashy. It's that, that, onion that you needed to continue to dig in and uh likely will will warrant some repeat viewings so that's on my list now it's a revisit oh, i'm so i'm so pleased can we can we do like a, a revisit <laughs> episode because i would like to yes. watch mank again that would be a great experience sure. i love it <laughs> we'll just gush about it all over hour. again <laughs> <laughs> yep Mank took home uh, best production design as well, which I was so pleased at because, mm-hmm. again, the attention to detail and especially a lot of those historical recreations for old Hollywood, uh, you know, it really deserved all of the time and effort that went into creating that. So I'm glad to see it it be recognized. Good job, Mank. We believed in you. We mm-hmm. knew you could do it. It was one of those films that uh, was nominated for a lot of categories, but I wasn't confident in any of the categories that it would win. So it's good to see that it was it was loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nominated for like 10 categories, right? Like something mm-hmm. ridiculous like that. So yep. it's nice to see them actually go home with something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Nomadland didn't sweep the entire thing, which is great. No, yeah. Um, so some historic moments last night as well. Chloe Zhao, the second woman ever to win Best Woo-hoo! Director. Yes. The first woman of color. Really cool. Really, really exciting. And she was in sneakers. Just <laughs> chilling. Nice. With her signature braids. Like, just a whole vibe. Heck yes. I mean, come on. It's 2021. Do any of us even know how to dress anymore? <laughs> like, girl, comfort is key. You wear your sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her speech as well, um, accepting that award was really beautiful. Uh, she she 
reflected on um, a old Chinese poem that her and her father used to recite together. And it translates to at birth, people are good. And, you know, her whole little spiel was about finding the good and the kindness in others and, and celebrating that and cultivating that. And, you know, in kind of a nutty year and a very tumultuous year where a lot of our country's problems and issues and division was exposed in so many ways, it was beautiful to see her just put that out there for us all to just be reminded of. So that was wonderful and very on brand for her. So I love that little moment. It warmed my little heart. Which we definitely need. We need those all the heartwarming <laughs> moments that we can get, honestly. I'm saying. Speaking of heartwarming moments, can we talk about Ye Jun Yoon? <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh. What a gem. What a gem of a personality. <laughs> she gives no fucks. That woman is a badass. <laughs> Oh man, she's she's so wonderful. I'm I'm so pleased that she won. Like I I wanted her to win. I did not expect her to win. So yeah. good job, the Academy. You did something right. You seriously did. It's it's the thing. Like they got so many things right. <laughs> Ugh. I can't get over it. But her speech was adorable. She uh so adorably and jokingly like called everyone out and not being able to pronounce her name properly (laughs) one she starts off with that as she should yeah you set everybody straight um she then talks about how this whole thing is just a show that she typically watches overseas in korea and it's all just a show that she watches from afar but she was so excited to meet brad pitt (laughs) (laughs) oh it's awesome See, it's nice so that good. like even like accomplished stars, amazing actresses are still like the rest of us and would yeah. just be like, oh, I got to meet Brad Pitt. This is legit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I finally got to meet you in person. <laughs> oh, so great. Um, I saw this tweet, which I'm not sure if it's, it's true or not, but I got a kick out of it because it's on brand for her. So I hope it's true. But it's it went along the lines of someone backstage just ac- asked Yun Jung Yoon what Brad Pitt smelled like, and she responded, "I didn't smell him. I'm not a dog," <laughs> which is just glorious. I hope that that's true, <laughs> and that, that she said amazing. that because I'm just you no know, in my world. She said that. Case closed. <laughs> and I just I just have questions like. Why would that be the question that you would ask? Like, right? Do some people like, go around like smelling people? Like, what? Is some dumb like e entertainment Ugh. tonight? You know, yeah. like reporter that's like, I don't know. <laughs> Let me ask you the stupid, awkward, and irrelevant question. Yeah, I could yeah. just see her like being like, you know what? <laughs> Here's my flippant answer, and I'm gonna walk <laughs> away now. <laughs> so great. Um, let's see. Oh, Frances McDormand howling like a wolf. <laughs> Did you watch that scene? For accepting I, her award uh, for Best Actress. I did not watch that. I oh. will have to go track that down. Find that YouTube clip. 
she howls like a wolf. I think she says about like a total of 12 words. Oh, Jesus. And it ends with, thanks for this, grabs the Oscar and walks off stage. What in the and world? you're just like, you're a whole vibe too, Frances McDormand. It's like, what? <laughs> why, why is that? Why is that the choice? Uh, is it just because, okay, so like this is her fourth Oscar. Yeah. Right. So, like, okay. Yeah. Do you just get to a point where you're like, man, I've racked up so many of these. Like, I don't even care anymore. I'm just gonna be weird as crap just to see what reactions I get. Like, is that <laughs> right? where we're at now? I have no idea, but I didn't love it. Um, there, <laughs> <laughs> there are people that really like this means so much to them, yeah. and to be a little flippant about it, you know, not the greatest. But I loved the wolf call. <laughs> and Joel Cohen just nodding at his, at his mouse. It was, it was a whole moment. That's worth watching on YouTube. Okay, I'm I'm gonna have to check that out, and I'm sure that I'll have commentary after. And <laughs> I just, I I'm also I think that the the choice of Frances McDormand is also very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like she, yeah. she was good. Um, I just Andre Day was better. Viola Davis mm. was better. Yep. You know, Carrie Mulligan and Vanessa Kirby. I feel were also like right there with them. Like, I just yeah. Frances McDormand. Yes, it's a good performance. Is it the best? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it is. So, and it's it's interesting because she's won so much already. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if that like it seems like they're not going the Oprah Winfrey approach that you did with the yeah um, <laughs> with our Oscar wager, but yeah, I mean, it, I can I can see arguments for both both ways of doing it, right? Like mm-hmm. objectively, we need to evaluate um, each of the the performances and compare them together, and and truly reward the best one. On the other hand. They they also haven't done that because they'll just give people awards when for mediocre performances um, for actors or actresses typically that have been incredibly prolific and given far greater performance in, in other movies. So, you know, I don't know what I don't I don't yeah. know what the the approach is, but um, yeah, I mean she is she is fantastic in the film. Yes, she is my pick. So yes, yeah, she is great in it. Um, so it's not like a, an Anthony Hopkins, Chadwick Boseman situation, (laughs) but it's just, it's another one of those that, that made me question, like, Mm -hmm. it's a very different performance than the other four. Um, and I don't, I don't think that her performance stayed with me the -hmm. way that mm, all the other ones did. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was impactful while I watched it. I loved how like quiet and subdued she was, and her ability to communicate so much without saying any words. Like that's phenomenal. But we also said that about Vanessa Kirby, and mm-hmm. Andre Day, and Viola Davis, and Carrie Mulligan. You know, mm-hmm. even though the performances were all different, I, I don't know. I, it just, I. It was a good performance. She's a phenomenal actress. I just, 
I don't there know. There were others that were fantastic. Yeah. I, I, my arguments for the others, I think, are stronger than my arguments for hers. But that could also just be like a personal thing. Mm. I don't know. I, I get this more than the Anthony Hopkins situation. <laughs> Nothing is as bad as the Anthony Hopkins situation. Oh, no. No. But that's, it's just, it's just another interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say, mm, yeah, it's, yep, on par with, with Green Book. On par, yeah. Although Green Book was real bad, though. It was so bad. Oh, that trash Ugh. movie. Because with Green Book, it's ideology. It's like the ideology and the message of the film is the one that you chose to reward. I guess I guess this is also, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't know. But good job, Frances McDormand. Proud of yep. you. Keep making great things. Keep being weird as crap. Yes. You do you. That's wonderful. I just, I wouldn't have given it to her. But the, yeah. I'm not part of the voting body, which is probably the best for everyone. <laughs> Let's just be honest. The reason that I picked her, I'll make yeah. a case for it, is Love that it. I think every piece of Nomadland needed to have worked for it to be effective. From the score to the cinematography to the directing to... Uh, Frances McDormand's performance to all the other characters. Like, all those pieces were absolutely necessary for the film to land, um, including Frances McDormand's performance as well. And so without that piece of the puzzle, the whole movie just doesn't work. Like, you you swap that out with a yeah. less experienced actor or actress, and that, that movie's going to fall flat or it's going to be just so difficult for all the other pieces to work. Um I, I think the same thing can be said for the other films, but perhaps just in context of Nomadland, for such a unique mood and tone, like the acting, I think, had a had a stronger effect and like really carried a lot. Um, but all the other ones were great. This was one of the categories that I had such a tough time picking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are all fantastic actresses that gave – Really, truly great performances. Yeah, yeah. Has Viola Davis won an Oscar yet? I believe <laughs> my my impression was not was no, she hasn't. But I I don't have this all memorized in a database in my brain like some people do. It's it's quite impressive. She did. She got. Um, oh, she did. She won for for Fences. fences. Yeah, supporting actress. <sighs> Oh, supporting actress. Okay. Yeah. She's been nominated she been a few times, though, which mm-hmm. is not surprising because she's freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was great. All right. Well, let's move on to another category. <laughs> also, I believe, according to my notes now that I'm looking at them, the wolf call happened in the best picture win because she's one of the producers and the thanks for this was in the <laughs> was in the best actress award all right so you got two you know, things to look up <laughs> i mean when you're 
you know, a four-time Oscar winner making however much money she is making, you can do whatever the heck you want. (laughs) So, I mean, I would just like to get to the point in my life where I could make a wolf call if I wanted to, and people wouldn't be like, "Mm, we're never doing anything with her again. (laughs) Like, if you can reach that level of, like, importance, Mm -hmm. that you've made it. So, well done, Frances McDormand. We all just want to be like you. She really dedicated herself to the wolf call. She like <laughs> she, she her her knees were bent. She she oh wow. angled her mouth upwards to make sure that it really traveled far. Okay. Yeah, she was committed to her performance. You know, <laughs> she was really committed. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. One of the things that I I felt while watching this um this Oscars ceremony was. How uh, wonderful it is to just see some of our favorite actors and actresses and celebrities um, on screen, especially ones we haven't seen in a while. Uh, it feels like seeing old friends and people just use the same uh, emotional response to, to describe how they feel about going to Star Wars films or Marvel movies. It's like, oh, you're you're going back to like hang out with your old group of friends. And when, you know, like some of the names popped up on screen, like Harrison Ford, Brad Pitt, it felt a little like that. You're like, oh, you're here. Wow, what are you up to these days? Um, I suppose that's one of the reasons people love, love watching the Oscars. There's something different about it this year because uh, – Perhaps just the the amount of people that could be there was more limited. Typically, it's like star studded, and you see everyone. Um, and so this year, whenever someone was announcing a category, it really felt like a surprise, and uh, that was kind of fun. You are saying this to the person who just restarted the West Wing for the millionth time, <laughs> and so like for the past like week and a half, I've just been like, oh, my friends, I'm back with you again, and we're just running the country together. So no, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's so interesting to me how we develop those forms and those attachments to mm-hmm. actors like. We spend so much time consuming the media that they create and they spend so Mm -hmm. much time in our homes and it's like a weirdly personal thing. So it's, it's cool to see them all. And it's so fascinating to see like who is friends with who and like who like banters with who. And it's just, it's so interesting to watch, to watch all of these humans that we feel like we know, but we don't actually know. No, we don't. We know their personas. Um, but that's enough for me. Like, and and it's it was interesting that I I felt that this Oscars, I typically don't feel that way any other year. I'm like, oh, okay, like it's it's all of Hollywood's finest getting dolled up and coming out for a night. And something about the the intimate vibe of the venue and the setup and all of that just felt um a little more homey and warm and I'm not someone who like follows celebrity news or any of that um I know people that really are into following these these actors and actresses and their lives and whatnot and I don't know I don't follow a lot of that and so I was like why am I so excited to see Brad Pitt on screen right now like I don't get it why am I so excited to see Harrison Ford 
and his really uh like nervous awkward um little spiel that he gave as he like pulled out his little piece of paper to to announce um one of the categories it was it was odd i don't typically have this reaction well i mean it's han solo so that makes sense I mean, Brad Pitt was one of the producers. It was his production company that did Minari. So it's just keep making great things, buddy. You're doing doing a good job with your money choices. Yeah, Yeah. he sure is. So that's just wonderful. Be a great human. (laughs) One thing that I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I wonder if like even some of that has to do with like last year being so weird. So this is, even though, like, this ceremony was very, very different, I wonder if it's that, like, almost return to normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that almost craving of, like, this is what we do every year, Mm -hmm. you know? And especially because they were in person. It was small and it was Mm -hmm. intimate, uh, but it wasn't these stars, no, like, in their fancy Airbnb that they rented out to host a viewing party. Um, like we've seen on some of the other war show. I haven't watched most of them, but I've seen like little clips here and there and just seeing screens um, on a screen is, it just feels a lot more disconnected and colder. And there was something really warm about the atmosphere um, in the room and I'm sure that contributes as well to the like warm, fuzzy feelings of like, oh, our favorite people are back together again. And this feels, yeah, like you mentioned, a little bit like a return to normalcy. They're all dolled up, you know, like <laughs> I don't know the last time I put on mascara was. So it's wonderful to see <laughs> right? like beautiful humans getting dolled up for an evening for their industry as much as we should on the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, there are some bright spots. Yeah. This is this is great. I have to say, the the way they executed um the setup in and they this jazz club vibe uh with the small tables and the little lamps on each of the tables and the the the, the general vibe uh that they were able to create with such an intimate audience was impressive. I mean, it was better, way better than I expected. Um, my expectations were on the ground, so that's not <laughs> saying much, but they really created this kind of like jazz club lounge atmosphere. And I think it, I think it worked as well as it could have. I'm just so interested to see like what happens from here, you know, like this year was very, very mm. different. And so you know, for next year, are they going to go back to normal and what's always been done? Or are they going to continue to innovate and try something mm. new and kind of remake the Oscars into, I don't know, something for like this next generation of movie moviegoers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's it's an interesting effect that COVID has had on this industry and and likely so many others that we've already been seeing, which is like, it kind of forces us to rethink and reinvent. And so maybe we'll get jazz club Oscar ceremonies. I mean, probably much larger scale because they want to make their bank off of it. You know, (laughs) everyone wants to show up. Uh, But, but still it can be a giant jazz club. Like that's super fun. That would be sick. That'd be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, one of the other things that I, I felt like was, was incredibly intentional is how much there was this celebration of movie history and um, for a lot of the categories, you know, when they were announcing the nominees, um, they they had each of the nominees talk about, uh, you know, films that got them interested in movies at all. And so there were a lot of like stories of um, when they were younger going to the theater with their grandmother and seeing this film that made them fall in love with the film or them talking about their favorite films. Um this was typically the announcer that would kind of read aloud. I'm assuming the like one or two line sentence that they submitted um, talking about their like movie memories. But, you know, that was a little warm and fuzzy that uh, it gave me. And I appreciated that. I think that's um, one of the things that perhaps the Academy is trying to do is to, to, to make people remember why we love film. Um and I think that for the people that are film lovers, like like me, it it worked. I was I was emotionally invested in in hearing about um, what Lee Isaac Chung's like favorite movie was growing up. You know, like it was incredibly personal um, and intimate. Again, contributing to that same atmosphere, but also you know, like movies have had such a long history, and this was a really wonderful way to kind of look back on that as we are looking upon like this generation's creators. So I appreciated that. Maybe it was too cheesy for the, you know, average <laughs> viewer of this, but like I was here for it. Well, and it's kind of cool. Like I feel like sometimes these events can get so focused on like the people and the personalities that we forget about the larger, yeah. you know, state mm-hmm. of movies. And so that's just, that's cool to keep it in perspective. It's not about, you know, this one person did great, which yes, they did, but it's, it's part of a larger picture. And so Mm. let's look at the history that informed who they are today and inspired them to create what they're creating and, you know, focusing on the industry as a whole, rather than, you know, some of the, some of these unique personalities. Mm -hmm. That's so true. It's, it's zooming out the lens um, Mm -hmm. for all of us. Yeah. 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 I think that's one of the the reasons that we, we, you know, we joke about that we, we love and we, we love to hate on. And we also love, um, the Oscars and it's, it's this complex relationship that we have with it. But I think one of the, the factors I think that really contributes to why we still talk about and, and watch and still appreciate what, the Oscars represents in general, whether or not they make the right decisions on it. And that's usually why we rant about it and why we care is because it's really the, the few times um, in a year where we're one able to look back on the films that were released in the past year, but also it's like a celebration of this craft and the many, many disciplines within this industry that come together to create the, the pieces that we love. Um, and, you know, like we, we love to, to rant about and to um, complain about all the, the, the missteps along the way, but the significance that the Oscars plays and, you know, the, the fact that it is, it is arguably the, the most prestigious award that can be given to a film um, 
it says a lot. And it's it's still great to see that there is this place that people come together to celebrate films and the accomplishments that were done. And the missteps along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, inevitably, anytime you have humans involved, there will be missteps. Mm-hmm. But yep. there is a lot to celebrate, and I feel like this year, even though I'm still upset about Chadwick, um, I will probably be upset for quite some time. Um, yeah. They did a lot of things really well, and mm-hmm. even just like looking over the the nominees, like yeah. they they selected some phenomenal films, and so in a year of such turmoil and disappointment and loss and grief and you know all of this that we've struggled through you know these creators were able to bring to life some really phenomenal stories and take us into some really beautiful worlds and so it's just it's nice to see them recognized and represented and you know even thinking about people 5 10 15 20 years from now like looking back in consuming something like Mank or Ma Rainey's mm-hmm. Black Bottom, you know, and just the fact that these were nominated and the fact that these won, even if they didn't win Best Picture, uh, they'll probably pop up on more people's radar to be able mm-hmm. to consume and enjoy. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a way to recognize uh, pieces of art that have been um, memorable and, and did something well. And I, I mean, we have such a great crop of films this year. Like we talked about it in our, in our Oscar predictions episode, but man, like, honestly, this was a pretty good year. Mm-hmm. If we just like remove the last five minutes, <laughs> the ceremony, like everything yeah. up until that point was stellar. Every, like so many of these films that were nominated, they all had something to say and something new, a, a new perspective to bring. There's no film, well, there's a couple, but there's like few films that are truly just like Oscar bait, like there for the entertainment, incredibly showy and kind of like, um, you know, doing the most. <laughs> like we, we have a lot of incredibly nuanced films in this crop. So overall, I would say it's, it's a, it was a decent year, pretty decent year. And can we just take a moment to celebrate the fact that Hillbilly Elegy, that (laughs) trash movie, won zero things. (laughs) That is a great day. Good job, the Academy. Way to not give that movie anything because that was awful. Yeah, I think it got two nominations, right? One for mm-hmm. Best Hair and Makeup and, and one for Glenn, Glenn Close, Close, which of yeah. all of the categories, that's the the one that, like, of all of all categories, the Glenn Close nomination is the one that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. But yes, no more attention needs to pay, be paid to this movie. Yes. We'll, that just, can we'll just... just let it die. Yep. <laughs> In 2020. (laughs) Yep. Just let that stay in 2020 and we will bring, I think, all of the other nominees with us forward into the future. That would be great. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It was lovely to see Bong. Uh, Yes. 
he every time he speaks i'm just like oh tell us more bong <laughs> like i'm here for it um but i loved what he did with uh introducing the best director category you know he starts off with this whole spiel about how like whenever he gets asked the question like what does it mean to be a great director in interviews he always just like wants to run away because he doesn't know how to answer that question um but he was like, but that's the challenge that I'm going to pose to this year's nominees. And so he had them uh, sum up in one sentence or less uh, what their perspective on what it means to be a director. And, you know, there's some really interesting like one-liners from each of the nominees and they are so on brand for each of them as well. Um, so I they, they were all, um, you know spoken so quickly that I, I want to go back and revisit some of them because I just remember thinking in the moment like, oh, that's so you for each of the, each of the uh, nominees. So um, I loved his approach and it was cool to see their philosophies on their craft. So that was pretty neat. And I feel like that's so on brand for Bong as well. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he's, he's so like, humble and honoring and so I think even like things like that like that's yeah. really cool it's not just like hey these people did a cool thing we're gonna give them a statue it's hey these people did a cool thing let's talk about it for mm -hmm. a second yeah. instead of just kind of like rolling through the the checklist of mm -hmm. things we have to do and it's all about the award but this was like a celebration of the craft yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the stuff that we just love is yep. these people are up. great at their craft. So please teach us more. Tell us more about your process, about who you are and how and why you create. And it's wonderful. Yeah, it's something that was kind of uh, odd about this year as well is that some categories had the traditional like roll a little clip from uh, the film, which we typically have on the big screen and then typical um oscar year but this year they again i think it's a great example of what you mentioned earlier which is like we had to kind of reinvent and figure out how to how to do this in a covid year um and there's some interesting new things that came from it the inconsistency was kind of odd though because we had some categories that, that just did the traditional clip um approach and others that went this really beautiful like philosophical route or a celebration of like films that got the film um makers into film route and it wasn't consistent so you're all every category is like well <laughs> we'll see what happens for this one uh but there's some really fun things that they did and it, it makes us connect with and get to know these creators a little bit more which is wonderful so the people who put on the Oscars were not nearly as committed as Frances McDormand was. And so, guys, like, if you're going to do something, do something. Don't do it halfway. Yep. <laughs> uh, they just didn't fully commit. So. Yeah, I wondered if they just, like, left it up to um, the person that was introducing the category to, to like, decide what they wanted to do. Mm, yeah, that could be. And they're just like, yep. Have free reign. We'll we'll go with that. You know, yeah. it, it, there doesn't need to be consistency. It's no. fine. Well, we'll keep the audience on their toes. <laughs> yeah. To the end. To the end. And then we're going to piss everybody off. 
<laughs> That's our plan. That'll make sure that people will watch the Oscars next year. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it's a show. So I suppose they accomplished their goal. <laughs> I suppose. All right. Any other last thoughts about this year's Oscars? I am quite shocked that The Father won Best Adapted Screenplay. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect them to pick a uh, a stage production. So that was that was nice to see. Like, oh, good job, The Father. Because that was, I mean, it was a phenomenal script. And the way that they you know, took it from the stage to the screen, I'm sure was quite an ordeal. So that was a nice little surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I suppose that they felt Nomadland would, would have plenty of love. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, ah, we'll give it to these other guys. Yeah. <laughs> On the same note, I am so pleased and was very, very happy to see that Emerald Fennell, um, one for best original screenplay for Promising Young Woman. It's it's a great sign that uh, this fresh and really yes. interesting, yeah, you know, perspective can be received, and yeah, it bodes well for future Oscars. Yeah, and it was such a like polarizing film. It was so controversial, and one of those that you either loved or hated. And I'm so pleased that yeah it got that recognition because it's a brilliant script it's so well written mm-hmm. it's one that I, I i was like this could go either way like they might be all mm-hmm. for it or they're just, it's just too much to yeah to take but they they made the right choice they did it, which is which is fine <laughs> yes we won't go on that rant again but it's like Wow. Okay. This is really great. You're making good good choices. Yeah. Yeah. They made uh, some great choices until they didn't. Which again, I'm surprised that um Trial of the Chicago Seven, I I don't did it take home anything? No, I don't think so. That which, that that typically is the type of film that the Oscars would yes. go for. Yep. But I mean, of all of the nominees, like that's probably that's one of the weaker ones, mm-hmm. you know, even though it's it's that type of prestige historical drama that, you know, Oscars really, really love. And it's written by Aaron Sorkin. Um, <laughs> like it's it's just not as good as yeah. the other ones. And yeah. so it was like, that's OK. Like. It was a fine movie. It was enjoyable. But, you know, you watch some of these other things and you're like, oh, man, Trial of Chicago 7? Pfft, no. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It's it's just, it's all right. Yeah. It's mediocre. Yeah. Not his best work. No. Uh, let's see. Daniel Kaluuya, Best Supporting Actor. Yes. Glad to see it. So good. He gave uh, quite a speech. <laughs> He uh, at one point mentions he's like he's like I'm just he, he's talking about like um, it's just so wonderful to be alive and we should all be so so grateful and celebrate that we are we are living we are breathing and then he goes and I, I'm so glad that my mom and my dad had sex because you know I'm alive I'm breathing <laughs> and his it pans to a shot of his mother and his sister and his sister just puts her head in her hands and his, his mom like it dawns on his mom and she's like she's her facial expression is great 
So it's another YouTube clip. To look that's, up. Just, that's just amazing. Like, if you're gonna have an Oscar speech, like, that's a great way to use it. Just right? embarrass the crap out of people. That's wonderful. <laughs> like, way to use your platform well. It was fantastic. <laughs> up there with uh, Francis McDormand's wolf call. <laughs> You know, it's a show. It's a show. What a weird sentence. <laughs> we need these moments. Yeah. That's just, I mean, did you ever think that we were going to be talking about Frances McDormand's wolf call no. on a podcast? Like, I just want to know what she's like in real life now. Right? Like, I'm so intrigued. Yeah. We must learn more about her. Yes. Yeah. There's more. There's so much to uncover. <laughs> All right. Any other last thoughts? Well, you, my friend, have once again won <laughs> our Oscar wager by a significant margin. So, uh, well done. I'm quite proud of you. Thank you. Chose you. well. Um, now I need to rack my brain for <laughs> for weird movies. <laughs> You know, I am just thankful that we have already watched Anomalisa, and we're not going to watch that one again. So that's excellent. I can't make you watch weird claymation and then <laughs> a 20-minute claymation sex scene. I just, nope. We already did that once. We don't you know, need to do that again. Imagine watching that in theaters, and that was my experience No, thank you. Film. Nope. <laughs> no, thank you. You know, last year... Uh, like that film came to mind immediately. I was like, you know what? This is it. I know that this is just feels right. <laughs> this is the moment. This is my moment. I must seize the opportunity because I'm not going to yeah, get it. Yeah, I wasn't going to watch that nope. otherwise. <laughs> and also, like when you watch a trailer, it's like it's not something that you're like, oh yeah, I really am intrigued to see that. You're just kind of like, oh, what's going on? Um, I adore Anomalisa. It's it just is very interesting, but. This year, uh, I suppose inspiration is waiting to strike me, so <laughs> we shall see. All right. There isn't, there isn't that obvious choice that has come to mind immediately, so. All right. So, I mean, you've got a little while to, to yeah. think about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what you decide to torture me with this year. <laughs> so, I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be great. Yeah. We could we could go the torture route. We could go another route. Who could say? We could. You know, you know? COVID's really making us reinvent <laughs> ourselves. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe you'll go heartwarming this year instead of torturous. Uh, yes. Who knows? Maybe that's what we need right now. <laughs> I guess we'll we'll leave the suspense to unfold. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Well, another year, another Oscars. That's a wrap. Um, you know, it's always, I, I have the same feeling whenever we wrap up the Oscars that I do when we finish talking about our top 10 lists at the end of the year. And it's just, you yeah. know, like we, it's an end of it, of one season, one era, but man, can you imagine a year from now? Like what are all of the incredible films that we will have watched and we'll be talking about? Like, right? it's just like every year there's this excitement and hope for what will come. Yeah. And I, I hope, like, especially because this year was so strong, like, yeah, 
let's please have some good stuff in 2021. Like, <laughs> we can't have all of these glorious films in 2020 and then go back to, like, Green Book level yeah, crap. I know. Like, no. The bar has been set high. Do better, people. Do better. <laughs> yep. Indeed. Indeed. I'm also intrigued to see uh, how many of of these types of films that the Oscars will celebrate will penetrate to the masses. Mm -hmm. This year, uh, I would say most of my social circles probably haven't seen a majority of the films. They may have heard about them, um, but it, it hasn't, it hasn't become like part of pop culture the way that some of the films last year were little women, parasite, joker, you know, like all of those were being talked about. So I wonder when these films come to theaters, if there will be more people that have watched them outside of our uh, film nerd circles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was so pleased the other day when like a group of friends were talking about Nomadland and I was like, wait, what? This is amazing. Yes. How did they feel about Nomadland? Uh, one of them really loved it and one of them really didn't. And so it was a really good conversation. <laughs> nice. it, was, it was excellent. Wow. And I'm sure the fact that it's available on Hulu for free, mm-hmm. well, with the streaming platform. Yeah. Yeah. Helps a lot. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise they wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. Like you watch a trailer, it's hard to be, you know, to convince the average, you know, American moviegoer to drop $15. On a movie where they're like, I don't don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. That'll be fun to see next year. Yep, for sure. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment as we discussed all of our reactions to uh, last night's Oscars. This podcast is fueled by our passion for stories and connection and is something we continue to do each week solely because we love it. This is our strategic whimsy experiment and we encourage you to find a way to infuse a little whimsy into your day. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review letting us know your thoughts about the Oscars this year and some of the the way that the categories have played out. You can connect with us on Instagram at strategic whimsy experiment on Twitter at Strategic Whimsy, or you can email us at strategicwhimsyexperiment at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss the film Concrete Cowboy. Idris Elba in a cowboy hat. I mean, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. This is going to be a great time. Although it did occur to me the other day, I was like, Idris Elba is British. Playing a cowboy. (laughs) How is this going to work? Like, I know that he's a good actor, but uh, it just hit me that um, <laughs> That's true. we're going to have some accent work happening, which I am definitely looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Oh, it's just going to be glorious. A glorious two hours. <laughs> that's a popcorn I, movie. That's a popcorn yes. popping movie. Yes. Get your popcorn ready because this is going to be <laughs> just, one. yeah, pure fun and entertainment. <laughs> That's what we need. You know, it's been a great set of artsy fartsy movies that have a lot to say. But, we, you know, sometimes you just need a good ride with Ildris. Mm-hmm. It's time. It's time. <laughs> All right. We hope you have an amazing week and we will see you very soon. Mm-hmm.